Hello and congratulations, Gwen. Well done. Yeah, so for people who are listening to this, there was a giant competition for um, the AT&T put out for uh, female game developers, or how do you put it? Either women who are making games solo or leading a team making games. And I applied for to that competition and won the grand prize. Yeah, damn. You, you were up against some good games as well. Like, there, there was a whole bunch of good people in there, and... Uh... Yeah, I'm so excited. The uh, uh, I'm so excited, and it was a really big honor because there were some really awesome games in there. I've been following Freshly Frosted for a while. That game looks great, um, and and it's already like it's been in development for quite a while, so it was quite polished. Mm. There's uh, you, there there was one awesome puzzle game by like a a college student that just graduated. For that, for those that don't know, it was a it was broadcast on Twitch and was sort of done as a competition that also viewers could vote on and stuff like that. So it was it was a structured kind of show that I think people can go back and watch mm-hmm. still, actually. Yep, the VOD is up. Um, and AT&T plans to do this every year, so that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, this was... They keep calling it their inaugural one. Yeah, so what what was the... What was the experience like of doing that? Like, was was it fun? Was it was it good? Like, what what was it like? Oh, I mean, it it was fun. Um, yeah, it gave me. Pra- I got to practice pitching the game a bit, mm. so that's cool. Um, I got to pitch to a live panel of judges, which was, you know, uh, uh like I, I, overall, I mean, it, <laughs> this is like the definition of survivorship bias. Overall, I thought it was pretty well done because I, I won. Think, I uh, think it went perfectly. <laughs> they did exactly what they should, and uh, here we are. Yes, yeah, so this is this. It's panned out exactly as it should. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> what can I say? It was a competition. We practiced. We pitched to a, our games to a live panel of judges. They had all played the games already ahead of time. And that already there was a whole scoring process that was actually quite, um, quite well thought out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty happy. And part of that is uh, so we got $50,000 and Lucas and I are going to go to DreamHack next year. DreamHack. Now, that's like the only thing I know about DreamHack is that like eSport tournaments happen there, like kind of big eSports tournaments. And I think they do music and stuff as well. But the main thing I know the name DreamHack for is for big tournaments so that they do like showcasing stuff as well. I guess <laughs> you hope <I'm> not, <laughs> you're like oh no Honestly, you have to compete in a Fortnite tournament now Gwen. <laughs> yeah like I don't I don't know what else to expect but they um yeah I I don't know I don't even know what's happening like I I remember they they told us that was part of the award and I was like uh-huh hmm. when is that is that like 2022 are we, how confident are we <laughs> yeah how how confident are we about this but, but yeah, you're right. I, I think of, when I think of the shows, I think of PAXs, mm. I think of um, Gamescom, I think of TGS. I, I've never really thought about DreamHack. My buddy Mojica went there, but he's got like a Doom kind of game. Yeah. A more core market game. That That's kind of like, if I, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, if I've heard of developers going there, it is like games that you can compete in and stuff like that. Because that's generally the... Or at least that's what I thought. Again, I've never been, and I don't think I've ever watched the content DreamHacks put out, so I should probably look into that. They they obviously have spaces for lots of different kinds of games, like if you're going to be going at all, so... Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe not. Like, AT&T is not a gaming company. They might have just been like, 
this is a show, right? Like, who knows? True. I mean, you, yeah, you, I, yeah, true. You could just be on the AT and T stand, like that. You could just be like one of a couple of games they put on the AT and T stand. Yeah, that that is the idea. Ah, They're gonna okay. Like, we're not making a booth like we are for yeah. Max. We're gonna be just be showing in as part of like, uh, and this is honestly the way I prefer to do shows. <laughs> if at all possible, is to just be part of the Microsoft booth or the Sony booth at some big event. It's nice. They know? take care of it. Like, yeah. you just turn up and they go, here's your bit. Here's all the stuff you plug into. Here's your screen. It's on, like this, you see. And the internet mm-hmm. is this. Here is the password. Goodbye. And there's a there's a legitimacy there to is. it. And it's nice to... You get more traffic if you're right next to one of these bigger mm. games. I don't think the AT&T booth will be quite like being in the Microsoft or Sony booth in that Depends way. That's what they've Obviously, got there. AT- it yeah. can really depend. Uh, like... You 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 see booths at some of the big conventions, and it really depends what kind of a show they put on. But like, so when is it? When do, do you know when it's meant to be? I shoot. I should probably look it up. I think it's summer next year, yeah, theoretically. That's like so. That's what PAX because PAX have just come out and announced their the next slate of PAXs, which is also like the first one. PAX East is now going to be in June which is June 3rd till the 6th, I think, of next year. Well, I mean, they say people tend to have difficulty imagining... The world can change so quickly, and people generally don't realize it. Like, how... how I mean, I feel like we should realize it. COVID, like, the difference between February and June was massive, and the difference between now and next June, like, that's even longer, Right. It could be that the world completely changes again. Like the the vaccine comes out in December, we've crushed this by by spring. It could be that this is all over, uh, and that that we're doing conventions again in June, which is just insane to it think. It feels insane because like, I feel like yeah. Well, but I mean, in February, if you knew that the world was going to be shut down in a matter yeah. of two months, you wouldn't have believed. We it. were literally at PAX now, in March, like <laughs> of this year, like yeah. both of us. <laughs> So, you know. Yeah, so it, it's super feasible it that is. this just all turns around. So, LabRat is in its beta now, am I right? Yep, LabRat is in beta. Mm. So, we don't have, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, how do I put this? So, the beta has two purposes, mm. really. It's to help me, it's because I don't have a QA team. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I, it's like having a handful of really, trusted how do i put it people who've been following the game for a while who who signed up for the beta for, on the first day and so forth they're they're a good uh they're a good cohort to to kind of qa test yeah. the game and to get a lot of the the feel how do I, how to explain this play testing can be extremely valuable mm. especially for getting game feel questions out of the way for testing your on-ramp for seeing if people understand the pick up the mechanics and learn them quickly mm. um, to see if to see uh, there's assumptions you'll make because you're used to the game that other people may not make yeah. and, and just to, to generally get a, a feel for if if you're getting the emotion across you're trying to get across if are, are people getting out of the experience what you're trying to get out of uh, want them to get out of the experience play testing the, the first like just your on-ramp the, the very beginning part of your game is so valuable and so the, the play test lets me do that um the beta i'm doing I, I should have backed up i'm running a beta the beta is actually about the first half hour of the mm. game roughly 
uh, and that is so it's more like a demo. I'm calling it a beta because that's what uh, that's what you call them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you yeah. call it now. Uh, that's that's the new hotness because that's what I was told to do in a GDC talk. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a it's basically a. I'm going to take this demo and I'm going to put this in like the Steam Festival in February. Mm. But for now, the beta is almost like a way of playtesting and QAing the demo that I'm going to have in February, yeah. which is also just the first half hour of the game. So it's kind of serving multiple purposes at the same time. Oh, okay. Have you, have you, and oh, it, go ahead, it sorry. gets a bit of buzz out there. It gets people to talking about the game a bit, which is nice. Yes. I mean, we've, we've definitely seen that just in the discord. The uh, lots of new people joining through playing the beta and talking about it and sharing feedback and whatnot. Mm. I was going to say, have you found like what have been broad strokes, if you like, but what, what have been your findings so far? Like what have there, have there been any particularly big takeaways that you've had already that you don't feel you would have got without doing this? Hmm. Um, let's see. Definitely have problems with full screen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's been some, some tech problems. Uh, problems that came up, which are good. Mm. Uh, I, I handled a lot of those. So the QA side of things worked. I think they're, I was pretty surprised. The on-ramp is fine. People find the difficulty curve to be pretty much perfect. People find the, are pick, I've watched people play. They, they pick up the controller. They, they get the controls pretty quickly. So that's all working out pretty well. Um, uh, what have I learned? Uh, the thing is, like, I was so in it for the past two, three yeah. weeks, like, <laughs> that I feel like I'm coming up for air. Uh, but yeah, in, in general, it, I guess in general, it's just going well. Um, That's good. So is it like instilling a sense of confidence in it? Is that is that a benefit to doing this for you? For me, yeah, yeah. That it it's uh, good for that. Mm. Um. I suppose what I'm trying to get is, is you said like this is very good for learning about the game. It's also interesting just to see did you learn much about the game? <laughs> like it's in theory it's good, but has it actually given you yeah. a lot? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's I've learned a lot. Oh, God, there's so much I could say. I, I've definitely learned a lot about certain playtesters too, because mm. some there's definitely a cohort that cares very deeply about the uh, the game feel a lot more there's definitely and what do you mean by that um exactly hmm. okay so there's i want to say there's like three main groups that play this mm. game one will play it on a controller one will play it on mouse and keyboard and they will largely push and hold the keys and one will play it on the mouse and keyboard and they'll tap really quickly huh. um and, and this and is a sort the, of game i imagine people that are listening to this know what kind of a game it is, but it's similar to Kine in the kind of movement in the way you move around a block kind of a thing and a, and a guy. Yeah, so it's it's WASD controls, so you use like WASD to move around, moving a person around on yes. a grid. Um, and really that's just simply that, that alone, getting moving around on a grid to feel good, getting it, if you walk up to something you can interact with, having the right duration of pause before you automatically uh, vault up onto it. So there's blocks in the game that you can, you walk up to them and then you can either grab them mm. or if you keep walking, you can walk up on top of them. And so figuring out exactly the, the right amount of time to pause so that somebody can 
has the option to grab and to make that feel right, mm. uh, to make it feel like the, if, if you're pushing forward on the th with your thumbstick on a controller into a block, you want to see that you're, the response that your character is about to vault onto the block, but we also need to pause long enough so that somebody could potentially grab that thing. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you don't pause long enough, then, then it's frustrating. People are like, Oh, it, it feels unresponsive in a different way. You understand? Um, yeah. The, the biggest problem I think I had with the controls and with the game feel was definitely with people who tap a lot before I, I had, uh, I kind of always had one, I cute, how do I put it? I, I always had cached, not cached. I, I always saved one input that was like the next input. So if somebody tapped three times really quickly, I knew that would it, there would be the, the progress. Like say you tap W to go up there. The character would start going up and I would also save off like, okay, the, the next move the character is going to do immediately is go up again because this person's tapping up really quickly. But I only ever staged one. Whereas peop some people were like, they wanted to be able to tap up, up, left like super fast and have their character go up up left and so i had to make oh. that into an array and that like this is all deep in the weeds kind of stuff no no, no it's like, interesting yeah basically like finding a control scheme that people can flip between that works for the different kinds of ways that people play yeah that's that's the kind of thing playtesting is great for it's great for testing uh because Everybody in the dev team, we each play differently, but we each play one way, usually the same time, the same way. Um, and I can kind of imagine how somebody would want to play with a controller, but it's so much more beneficial to watch somebody who only ever plays with a controller do it. The other thing playtests are good for is uh, testing different tech, right? Like I have, I'm a developer. I have 4K monitors and a sweet PC. Uh, yeah. And I use, I invest in my gear because this is what I develop on. Mm. This is like, and also my hobby. This is everything, right? Um, but a lot of people that are playing are playing on laptops or playing on like, uh, playing somehow on a Mac by using some kind of emulator. Or like, I don't, I don't know how Macs work, but like people are playing on all kinds of different devices. Yeah. And so... The playtest helps a lot because I get to see what the bugs are on the weird other devices. That's great. Like I, I do find all the uh, the the in, the predicted input command stuff like fascinating because I I guess I'd never thought about that. Like it, it wasn't something I'd ever considered is a thing that's happening. So it's interesting that you've had to adapt to different oh, play styles to do different sorts of control stuff like i don't know that that stuff's kind of that's interesting that's the stuff you noodle forever too like that's the, bet, the, right the dead zone <laughs> on a controller different. people are very like game developers even gamers are extremely passionate about things like how big the dead zone should be on the controller <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know? yeah because um, i know just from like from just from playing a lot of first person shooters i know that like and, and it's something i guess i've never thought even as someone who talks about video games, I've never been someone that's critically analyzed the mechanics of video games, so I've never had to think about it. But I definitely, I will pick up a controller and be like, well, that's wrong. Like, this doesn't feel right. Like, this isn't correct. And I also know when something does. Like, the bit you just pick it up and you go, yep, there you go. Off we go. That's how this should feel. Yeah. Or when it's really good, like a Titanfall 2. I remember playing that for the first time on a controller. And just thinking, oh, this is it. They've made this better <laughs> than, than normal. So, yeah, it's interesting. Well, a lot of it, too, um, if you're an animator, a lot of it goes into animation. Like mm. the, uh, 
there's two sides to this. There's the person who's scripting up the actual movement of the, the character in the game. Mm. But so much of it is cheated in the animation. And I remember, mm. and every game I work on, I usually have to ask for loads of different hooks so that we can always make the the person you're playing as, your player character, always uh, it, it respond in some way, even if the character isn't moving yet. Because there's so many times when um, you, the, how do I put it? Things like I described before. When you walk up to a block, we need to pause the character long enough so that you could potentially grab the block rather than just simply continuing to walk up onto it, right? Um, we need to pause the character, but we also need the player to feel like they are in control of the character on the screen. And so if they're pushing up, they should see a different animation. They should see their character pushing into the block and about to vault it. And that's that sort of nuance and, and things like that are... Uh, that that's the job of animation. Like that's what game animation is, is, is realizing that and making those characters as responsive as possible. And that, that when you, when you say hooks, is, is, is that what that means? Uh, hooks are things like, um, so now I have to do it, but back when I was at Irrational, for instance, I would say, I would play the character. I'd be like, this doesn't feel responsive. I need some, I need you to, I would go to a programmer cause it usually would be in code and I'd be like, okay, I, when this happens, this isn't responsive. I need you to give give me a hook into the animation tree. Give me give me some event, something, some kind of data that I can ah. use to detect that this is happening, so that I can play an animation or blend to a thing or so forth. Hmm. So, moving along, um, talking about the demo beta kind of situation, how have you found like actually marketing? this to people because you know you've come out of this competition you were on featured on the ign thing did was that a big spike for people signing up to the beta and kind of being aware of the game yeah i mean okay so awareness in general is really difficult right now it just mm, is right yeah like, i mean I, I did the ign thing and that was cool and that got us a little bump there um there are no big events to speak of there's mm. the game awards are huge but lab rat's not going to be in the game awards obviously the at&t thing was cool but i mean the peak concurrent viewers or viewers for that were 300 people i mean it was mm. um i'm really glad at&t put on that that event but i mean it, it wasn't like it didn't make like a a big splash or anything like that mm. um and i uh i, I in general i think the current plan is to um, go on one of those sites where you get influencers and get some influencers, uh, get them keys to the beta mm. uh, and, and start getting some content creators making some some content around Lab Rat, around the beta. Probably yeah. leading, I'll probably start that kind of push in January and see if that gets some numbers going. But yeah, it's just really hard. It's really hard to balance the, the marketing stuff because I'm still so busy making the game. Like, yeah. I am... <laughs> <laughs> like we're not uh like i have a lot to do <laughs> like i have a lot to do um, yeah i imagine that being the kind of this chump squad which is mostly gwen so i, w <laughs> I would imagine there's a fair amount of stuff for you to do that doesn't involve like today making content assets like you know it's yeah. you today <laughs> making the game like that's the I'm, big one like that's the other thing. Like, I'm just not marketing the game until January anymore. Yeah. Like, I've, I've just got too much to do. Mm. Um, and I just can't. And I, maybe that's a mistake. Maybe I'll regret that or something. But I just don't see any other option. 
And the other thing is you got to have something to market. Like I need to, <laughs> I need well, to get the game to a place, you know, <laughs> or I've got more. That, that would be a thing. Yeah. Like I, I have to, in order to make, you know, art assets for Twitter or whatever, I have to have final art. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was going to say, what would you do? Had you the time? Like if I said, Gwen, Gwen too is making the game now. Don't worry about that. You can focus on the marking end of things. What would you even be doing? Had you the time? God, I, don't, I would just be uh, until I'd be helping Gwen to make the game until I <laughs> you'd be like, "Now nah, we ain't got time for that." Come I, on, Gwen. I mean, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd post on Reddit more. Uh, like I've never posted on Reddit. Maybe that's a thing. I don't really know, man. Like I'm not great at marketing, to be honest. No, that's fair. So it's a. Uh, I mean, it's interesting just because you're not able to go to any shows with it, but then it's always. It's always difficult to really know the actual impact. I get, hey, maybe you will see the impact of these actual shows when you release a game without one. Like, you, you might see a market difference. Like, who knows? But yeah, because it's all how quantifiable. How qu yeah, it's something we've talked mm. about a lot is how valuable yeah. shows actually are. It's hard to say if they're valuable. Uh, generally, you do get to meet the press more there, but true it's a good hub for meeting the press it's a good playtesting situation it's that th there's a lot that's good to it but yeah from a marketing standpoint it's very hard to then have a graph later and be like and this was pax like you know it's hard <laughs> to see the bump in the same knows? way absolutely mm. but yeah we'll see i suppose like we, we, how how like you, you you've got a release window in mind like how do you feel everything's coming along do you feel like you're making pace or yeah, you know i did i signed something and so i have to release the game at a certain date and i regret doing ah. that and i'm like <laughs> yeah you got I'm time looking now at, i'm looking at it was very i didn't realize at the time just how uh optimistic the schedule was that i was proposing oh. but i am now thinking that damn that's a really optimistic schedule and uh, I better not mess it up. So, so I've got a lot. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm glad I signed the thing I signed, but I wish I had padded it by a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, does it does it, does the like? Do you do you take the money you've just won and funnel that into the development? Like, can you make oh, your life course. easier now with that money? Oh. Like, can you go? No. Oh, now I can hire a person to do X, uh, Y, or Z. The money, I mean, it's not like you can just turn money into time for me. Like, well, there is that. I mean, you could, if you could make a Gwen 2 with that money, though, do you know if you see what no, I mean? No, uh, I, I do. There's, how do I put it? Onboarding somebody takes a certain amount of time. And you That's have true. to reach a point where onboarding somebody and getting them up to a place where they can do the things you do. Uh, is worth the time it would save you from actually just doing it. Yeah, um, I suppose the if it thing was is, like a permanent. And position, it's not like then. yeah, and it's not mm -hmm. like I need one thing. It's not like oh god, I wish I had an animator to do the animations. It's like yeah. well, I need somebody to do, like I need a bit of animation work and a bit of shader work and a bit of I need somebody to profile the GPU and and figure out why that's slow, mm. um, and that's gonna be like two days of someone's time. And it's like how much can I I, I I need so many different people for so many yeah. different tasks that it's not easy to just pull somebody in to fix it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, 
unless it was like a generalist who was literally exactly like me, yeah. uh, who who wrote games in Blueprint, <laughs> you mm. know, um, and could profile things on the GPU and also animate and, you know, like read the script and, and help me punch up some of the jokes. And, you mm. know, like it, it's just because the, the variety of work is the work is so varied. It's really difficult to turn. It, it's really difficult to offload any of it because there's no uh, trust me. I've sat down and I've thought through like, what are the chunks of work that I could just give mm. to a human being that is not me? Um, and I'm trying and I'll see if I can come up with something. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, bringing people on is hard. Finding collaborators is hard. Yeah, it is. I, I would completely agree. Um, we should probably wrap this up, though, Gwen. Yeah, uh, it's been great chatting with you, Chris Light. You too. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.